Hey everyone, it's Marilyn Aloria and welcome to Who Can It Be Now, the podcast. So today we're going to do um, a couple of things. We are first going to, I'm going to take you on a little journey of my life, just talking about the different things that I've done to evolve myself and grow and expand. It's like, who can it be now? Well, behind this door is number one, behind this door was that, you know, those kinds of things. And then I'm going to do a minor arcana reading because we have a really special numbers class that you can get for $11. So if you go to marilynaloria.com forward slash numbers, um, we have this amazing class that you can take for $11 because I love numbers. Numbers have been coming to me since I was a little girl. And I just, when I learned how to read them, and mainly I learned through tarot first, uh, how to understand numbers, and then I started expanding and expounding on it with my guides. Um, they became like, the, they're guides, numbers are guides, that's the name of the class, and they are absolutely magnificent, and it's a whole other way of speaking with your guides. So I wanna do some minor arcana reading for everybody because we did major arcana last week and I thought that that would be a lot of fun. So I never record more than one podcast on a Monday, but I decided to batch record a little bit today. And I had a pause in between because I, I usually like to make it very timely, what's going on in my life, you know, it's just an energy thing. And so I paused and I said, let me look at my phone and look at Instagram just to see if there's like, cause different things will tweak like, oh yeah, I could talk about this, I could talk about that. And I pick up my phone and it's 222. And I'm like, you got to be kidding me. Those numbers, they are so funny. So numbers. Um, think about like, as you're doing this, as we're doing this uh, session today, look at your phone right now. What time is it? Ah, what does that mean? What time is it? Right now it's 228. So it's new partnerships into found changing my foundation and how I live in the world and it's going to change into businesses and then it's going into new beginnings which is mind body and soul and I'm going to come into more wholeness so that's how quick I can read numbers and you can too so um but what I wanted to talk about first as just my evolution I've been thinking a lot about this because when I hired this new therapist I was like oh my goodness like I've been through so much therapy I, I was did like 17 years straight but I've always been, I've been working on myself for the past uh, 30 years. And is that right? Yeah. Yeah. 30 years and really like working on myself. And, um, I was saying to her, I can't, you know, I, I just can't, you know, I'm here again. I wasn't disappointed because I know, understand evolution. It's not like in the past, you know, I've heard this from a lot. Some of you may be in this place where you're in therapy and you're like, why are we revisiting this? Didn't we do this? And it's like the, the layers of the onion they talk about and how you're going deeper and more evolved. But I did say to her, like, I've already done a ton of work on A, B, and C. Like, I shared some of my stories. And she's like, well, then you wouldn't be bringing them up. And I was like, hmm, she's probably right. Um, so I was thinking about my journey in therapy and my journey through different things and some life-changing moments that happened for me. And I wanted to share them with you and maybe encourage you if you're hitting a wall or helping you to feel safe in reaching out to someone or not feeling alone. You know, I think that's one of the things, like, I have a hard time with people that try to appear happy all the time. I don't buy it. it I, I very, there's like one person I've met in my life and I met him at Tony and Tina's wedding and he was a very, very spiritually grounded guy. He ran a, a ministry and he had gone through a horrible thing where he saw his best friend get killed in front of him by getting hit by a car. And he said that it really just messed him up. 
And then um, he went into religion, into his spirituality, and they created a church and everything. And I always saw him very grounded in, like, very accepting of people because it was, a, Tony and Tina's wedding was like, talk about, take every dysfunctional person you've ever met in your life and then throw us all in a room together. It was like craziness. And he was like the light, <laughs> the lighthouse. And, and he wasn't full of crap. Like he was so grounded in his way he was, the way he presented himself, consistent. Um, wasn't always like, oh, it's so everything's light and fluffy. Like not at all. He sat there and listened. I was having struggles with the show and my understudy, she was a biatch. And um, it was really becoming troublesome and, and annoying. And I went to have lunch with him and I was, he was friends with the producers and I thought, oh, you know, I'm going to talk to him and he'll help me out. And it was such a great meeting because he was like, okay, let's pray together. You know, it wasn't like, yeah, I'll go to the producers and talk for you. He, he, no, he sat there and he listened to me. I didn't feel judged. I didn't feel bad for myself. You know, like I didn't feel ashamed that I was going through this and we sat there and we prayed and it helped. It really helped. So, um, but I really have a hard time with people that sugarcoat things. I just, it really makes me a little bit like nuts. And I don't like people who go out there and say, you know, do this one thing and you're going to be changed and healed for life. I have a hard time with that. Now you may subscribe to that and that's fine. I would say that you're, you're, I'm probably not going to be your cup of tea. Um, I would, I would go to those circles. I'd go get on the unicorn. I would go play with the puppies. I'd ride the rainbow. I'd eat the cotton candy. I, I'm only, you know, I'm joking actually, because if you subscribe to that, I'm not here to judge you for subscribing to that, but I'll tell you something, it doesn't work for me. And I don't think that I will be your cup of tea because I call crap out. So I was thinking a lot about my own life and where I'm at and, um, you know, what's going on with it and how I want to shift and change certain things. And, why aren't, why isn't the needle moving in certain areas? And what do I need to change in order for that needle to move? Because I can't blame it on external circumstances. I refuse to do that. There's something that I need to do. And the new therapist I was talking to, she said to me, well, when I was, when I was interviewing her and, you know, having a conversation with her before our session, um, deciding whether I wanted to work with her, she said, well, when was the last time you did something courageous? And I'm like, I always do something courageous. I moved up north where I didn't know a soul and I did courageous. I go to tennis clubs where I don't know anybody and I just put myself in tennis games and and I shared a couple of things. And she's like, okay, yeah, that is courageous. I agree with you. She goes, but it's interesting to me. They're all external things. You didn't talk about your internal experience with courage and being courageous and vulnerable. And I was like, oh my goodness, she's right. When was the last time? Like, yeah, moving up north was definitely moving someplace where I didn't know anybody was definitely um, courageous. But I got to tell you, my internals were like, get, I wanted to get out of LA. So my internals were like, go, get out of there. So I don't know, of course, it was a vulnerable situation and a vulnerable experience, but I was really very, very ready for it. So I was just thinking about all this because I'm like, here I am again, entering into this journey, working really, uh, I don't want to say working hard on myself, working very diligently, consciously on myself so that I could grow into the next level of my life. And it's where I'm sharing my thoughts. Like I'm, I'm writing, like I'm not going to sugarcoat things or I'm angry and spiritual people get angry. At least I do. I told you the story before where I would do this amazing channel session and be like all in meditation and incredible. And my guides tell me great information. And then I'd get in my car and go to Trader Joe's and I'd be sticking my middle finger up at someone. And I'd be like, 
who is that person? How is there such a paradox here? How is, where's that loving person I just left in my bedroom, you know, or in the meditation room I was in? Um, the Trader Joe's parking lot in Marin is much better. The parking lots period in Marin are much better. Um, so I want to talk about that. And I want to talk about the things that have gotten me through certain struggles in my life. And I'm hoping, I feel like I really just want to share and hopefully I don't bore the crap out of you. And hopefully something I say um, triggers something in you to say, oh, I could try that or I could do this. So I'm thinking about when I was 13 and I ran away from home and um, we ran to the park. And first, I think first we went to some guy's house and smoked pot. I can't remember. And I took my father's coffee can of change. So we had a coffee can of change. There was three of us. And then we left the guy's house and then we went to the park and my father, all our fathers came to look for us. And I remember hiding in this doorway with my friends and hearing our fathers above us going, they're not here. We can't see them. And then they were like, okay, well, let's check the other ends of the park. And we walked up the stairs and they were right there. Like they saw us the whole time, but they were pretending that they didn't see us so that they would catch us. So my father brought me home. My parents were divorced at this time. And, um, I, I think my mother was really mad. I don't remember fully, but my father was like, she's got to go to therapy. If she's running home, running away from home, something's wrong. We need to get her into therapy. So my mother found a therapist and I started going to therapy. And I remember feeling like there was something wrong with me because my other friend that I ran away with, she knew I was going. And I think a couple of the kids I hung out with in the park found out and they were like, you're crazy. You know, something's wrong with you because it was very taboo back then to go to therapy. And I felt uncomfortable myself, like there's something wrong with me that I need a therapist. And I remember meeting the therapist and I had a couple of sessions with her. And all I wanted to talk about were my dreams because my dreams were so vivid there. I was having insane nightmares. I was also levitating. I would go to sleep at night and see my body levitating around the room and something would be coming after me. And I'd wake up panicked and scared. I was having psychic experiences, but didn't know that that's what they were. Even though I was interested in this uh, stuff, there wasn't really a lot out there. This is back in like 1979, I think. So she really could not help me with my dreams. And I really wasn't interested in opening up in any other way. So I got out of that relationship. But it was good because my, my father, in a way, sanctioned that for me. You want to work on yourself, it's okay. Fast forward to 19 years old when I was in college, I was doing a lot of cocaine. Um, I was a pretty much a mess. I, it was one of my hardest years. I, my mother threw me out of the house twice because I was just such a mess. Um, I remember the, I think it was the second time she threw me out. I went to my friend's house, this guy that I know who was living on his own. I was so coked up, I couldn't go to sleep and I was so anxious and I had to go to work as a waitress and I had my apron with me. I remember I was like, she was throwing me out of the house and I was like, I got to get my apron. Like I was such a responsible kid and I was not going to not show up for work. And I stayed up all night and then his girlfriend came home and was like, you want to do a line? I was like, no, I do not want to do a line. I want to go to work. And I went and worked the afternoon shift. And then I went to my friend's house because I couldn't go home. My mother wouldn't let me come home. And um, I remember sitting there in her living room with her mother and her sister and feeling like such a loser. And 
they were like having a great time. And I could also feel like they were very welcoming and loving. So I could say anything was nice that they opened their house to me. But I could also feel that they didn't want me there. Like this was their evening together as a family. And um, I went out to the phone booth to call my mother and to beg her to let me to go back home. And I went home and she had typed up rules for me. Um, but during that year, I went to therapy in college. I picked a therapist in college and I went to therapy there. And um, a lot of stuff was going on that year. I was failing a course because I, I was taking this like advanced Spanish class, which I had no business taking because I don't really have an ear for languages. And I never failed a class before and I was failing it. And I was trying to get them to let me get out of the class because I was having, all, I was being sued by my father because he was trying to say I wasn't a full-time student. He didn't want to pay more child support. My mother was trying to get me out of the neighborhood. So she brought him back to court. She could finally afford a really good attorney. And so he summoned me to court and put me on the stand. So I was going to family court like constantly. I was doing a ton of cocaine and my nose was like, I was having problems with my nose. I um, was starting to realize there was other stuff going on that I'm not willing to reveal, but there was some deep stuff that happened in my life. And I was seeing a therapist. I also wrote an article for a class and the professor hit on me. So there was like all this crazy stuff going on and the dean wouldn't let me out of the class. And I was like, F you, I'm just not taking the final. Because they were like, you could take the final. And I was like, I, I can't do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to catch up. I still think, I think I still made dean's, I made dean's list before that. So I was able to transfer out of the school. But I went to the therapist. The therapist was this young kid. And I was like, he can't help me. He can't help me. Before that, I was also doing a lot of cocaine. And I was coming home one morning. I can't believe I'm sharing these stories. I don't know why I'm sharing them. And um, I went to church. It was like 6 o'clock in the morning, 7 o'clock in the morning. And I was heading home after being out all night. And I went to church and I prayed for help. I was like, I need help. And I think this was after I moved out and I was back home, but I still wasn't like on the straight and narrow, like I needed help. And I sat in that church and just cried and prayed. And there was a mass going on. And I remember there was a woman in front of me. And then I went home and I called like AA. And then I, my mother sent me to a, another therapist who was able to help with alcohol and stuff like that. And again, I looked at that therapist and I'm like, she has a easy life. There's no way she could relate to me, this kid. So my mother sent me away. To, I did go away to school and I straightened myself out. And, um, <laughs> and then a year later, I met a guy who dealt drugs. But that, that's another story that stopped, thank goodness, finally. But my whole point of all of this is I always was seeking help. I, I knew there was something inside of me that knew I couldn't do it alone. There was something I needed. So whether I'm really grateful for being raised in a religion, whether I practice that religion now, prayer is super important to me. My connection to God or even my, my disconnection to God. When I went to a priest when I was older and I was like, I don't, I don't have faith. I don't know where my faith is. And he said, the mere fact that you're here with me asking this question shows me you have faith. And I felt like faith was written on my arm, like it was tattooed on my arm at that moment. And it wasn't like, like it was scratched in it. I, I just remember sitting across from the priest and the priest was annoyed that I like, I've tracked him down because he was a visiting priest. And he's like, why did you call me? And I was like, cause I liked your homily. And, um, 
I sat there with him and I was talking to him and he said that to me, which was so profound. And people can say profound things that shift you. And I remember looking down on my arm and I felt like faith was like scratched into my arm. And so I walked out of that and I don't remember the timing of everything because it gets a little, you know, screwed up and mentally like, where was what? What was when? Um, but I always went to my faith when things got difficult and got tricky. So I went away to school. I got a job at MTV. Um, and then I got a job at NBC. And then I decided then really things started showing up. I was in therapy. I put myself into therapy. Um, I was working really um, diligently on myself. But I was working, unfortunately, with a therapist that probably wasn't the best therapist. But she was in a lot of ways, too. Like I said this to the therapist I just recently spoke to. I said, you know, I was telling her what happened with this one particular therapist and she kind of freaked out on me when I decided to leave. And there was another moment in my life, if you listened to me, my podcast last week, where I stood in the power. I, sh I said, I'm leaving now because people around me, mentors, my acting coaches were saying this there, there's something wrong with this therapy, Marilyn. Friends, like, and it was after like five years. And uh, I said to her, I'm leaving. And she freaked out on me. And the new therapist that I have now, she's like, see, you were in your power again. You spoke up and then she distanced herself from you. She even found me on the street. Like we ran into each other a year later and she was like, grab me. And she's like, you were rejecting your mother on me. And I was like, oh, thank goodness I left you because you are nuts. So I know I shared some of this, but I share on a lot of platforms. So I don't remember. But the whole point is I always seeked, you know, I sought something out because I knew I could feel myself coming apart from the inside a bit. And I needed like somebody needed to help me with that piece of the puzzle. And this is before I knew my guides. So I wasn't speaking to my family. I dove deep in again. I found uh, my therapist, Wendy, who I loved in Manhattan. She was really helpful, became an actress. And there's certain things that really helped like um, dream work. I was doing dream work therapy. I was doing acting classes, method acting classes at first. And they were really making me dive into my memories. And I had a beautiful teacher, Sheila Gray. She was phenomenal. What a beautiful person to hold that space. Like such a good person. Um, and then I had my therapist, Wendy. Wendy um, I don't think I should give her last name because I don't have her permission. I know Sheila wouldn't care. Um, so Wendy helped me. And then I did The Artist Way, such a great book if you want to check it out. I thought it was really phenomenal. I had amazing friends. I always had amazing friends around me who supported me, who became like my family. And then I, 9-11 uh, happened and I had to move to LA. And then I had to find a therapist again. But before that happened, I went back to church because I was up and down with my religion and um, really struggled with it. Also had very horrific visions around religion when I was starting to do the deep dive work into my personal psychology like my psyche and everything and all this stuff was coming up and my psychic ability was coming up at the same time and my mediumship ability and I was having visions of things that were super disturbing for me and I had to work through them so I finally I found a church in Manhattan that was like they marched in the gay pride parade I had an undue reiki on me they were really progressive and I reignited my love for God at that point and it's different now, my relationship with God, it's changed, it's different. I don't even know what I believe fully anymore or how I see it because it's shifted so much. But um, it really helped me to have the courage to continue to work on myself. So I share all of this with you. I can't believe I'm sharing all of this because I just want to show you, I, f I feel like I feel like why I'm doing this is because I was listening to like Iana, Ilana Van Zandt's story 
I know I'm saying her name wrong, forgive me. I wanted to listen to how Oprah said her name before I did this, but I forgot. Um, and I was listening to her share a part of her story about um, her bankruptcy and then um, buying, getting a house and a friend giving her money and just all the stuff that went on. She lost her daughter. And I was looking into her story and I get really encouraged by people's stories. And when they share from a place of um, vulnerability and uh, they take you to the, take you visually or energetically or emotionally to that place, like they're not crying with you. I don't really need to see someone sobbing. Like I, I like to be told the story and visually see it. And then they share with you how they got out of it. And she seems to have a really big faith, a big love of God. And so does Oprah. I really don't care what people believe. And that's the honest truth. I have no, um, I don't care. I don't think any of us really know. I think we have to find what works for us and then just be with that. And then that's going to grow and evolve too. So those were the things that really helped me during difficult times. So prayer, meditation, and then when I met my guides, that was huge for me. So when I was talking to this new therapist, she was like, well, you know, where's their unconditional love? And I was like, my friends, definitely. But my guides, my guides never make me wrong. They never make anybody else wrong. They never sit down with me and go, yeah, blah, 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 as an idiot. You know, I never, they never say stuff like that. They're always like, let's look at what's going on, why this is coming up. I had a session with them this morning. I can't remember it now. That's why I recorded into a recorder. But they worked with me through it. And they give me really profound advice. I'm so grateful for that. I journal. I walk in nature. I listen to inspiring people. I read all the time. I watch, now I love YouTube. I watch uh, YouTube videos where I learn by people's stories. Um, these are some of the things I do that really help me. I think I feel like aromatherapy is great. Burning incense, using certain oils. I'm not well-versed in that or in expertise. I don't use crystals because I only have a couple because they have to be cleaned constantly for me to use them because they absorb so much energy. Um, but I know that they help people a lot. When I was in my 20s and going through so much stuff, I used to walk with certain, um, I'd have a ring, a hemophyte ring. I would have certain bracelets that I would wear. I would carry things in my pocket that reminded me that I wasn't alone, that I could feel the spirituality, that I could feel connected. So I wouldn't feel like frightened or afraid or vulnerable or, you know, you know, those moments where I don't have these moments anymore because I've evolved to a place where I know I'm, you know, it's going to be okay. Um, I'm just going through another learning moment. Like, I really know that I know like, oh, this is showing up. Okay. What can I do to work with this? And I have all these tools and techniques. I have a big treasure chest of tools and techniques where I just open up the little box. I'm like, all right, I'm going to pull you out now. And that's why we're going to do a tarot reading for everybody because tarot is a tool. Pendulum's a tool. Um, my dogs, the love of my dogs, you know, prayer is a big tool for me. Prayer cards. Um, you may like meditation beads, yoga, big tool for me because anytime I'm on my mat, I did yoga this morning and I'm breathing and connecting with my body. It's so good for me. So good. It moves the energy. I love yoga. Running. I used to be a big runner. So all of these things are things that can just move you forward in your life. So if you're feeling like you're stuck or things aren't changing quick enough or you're struggling, 
I am watching all the, uh, we have a bunch of people in Soulfinder Academy right now, and a lot of them are graduates. They come back and they do the extension class. And um, I'm just watching them, witnessing them in their lives and the power that they're experiencing and also the vulnerability and the fear. But they're so conscious to their journey and they're walking through it and they're sharing it. And then they're sharing a tool or a technique that they used especially the program insights it's it's full of tools and techniques it's uh, 112 videos short short videos like two minutes long of tools and techniques they have to go through something every day where um they learn something and then they take that on and they bring it with them through the day it's a lesson they take through the day so one of the biggest lessons i think they're all on now because i'm seeing them all write about it is saying no to things and saying yes to what they want no to what they don't want that's a big lesson um, so it's, it's wonderful witnessing them on the journey. You're not alone. And if you feel alone, I don't want to make this a sales pitch. I have great communities. Check them out. Get into a community of safe people, not people that make you feel like there's something wrong with you or not that anybody can make us feel that if that's a reflection coming back at us, like we could talk about my experience here in Marin and it's been a very interesting, difficult experience for me. And I feel like there's different reasons. It's bringing up a lot of like grammar school stuff or whatever the reason is, I'm working through it, you know? But I'm also very aware of who I'll spend time with and who I won't. And I also have a pretty high bar for friendships because I have such good friendships in my life and women who really have my back and don't throw me under the bus. And I, like, I won't put up with any of that kind of nonsense. So it's just a really good, it's an interesting experience. So I know when I pick groups of people they're supportive and I will walk away from groups that I don't feel are supportive. And it's not like you have to tell me you're right, Marilyn, that's not what I'm looking for, but it's people who aren't going to put you down or call you names or make you feel, you know, nobody can make you feel bad about yourself. I remember I had this boyfriend and we were getting into an argument and I was like, you're making me. And he's like, I can't, he was in so much therapy. He's like, I can't make you feel anything. And he stopped me in my tracks and I'm like, damn, he's right. He's right. He can't make me feel anything. Fucker. <laughs> so think about, um, I don't want to be Debbie Downer. I hate that word. Like poor Debbie. Why did Debbie get that Debbie Downer? Um, but I do want to bring attention to evolution and, and what happens to our souls and our lives when we grow and expand. You know, I sit here and I watch people that I've known who haven't worked on themselves and I see them chasing their tail or, you know, not moving forward in certain areas of their life or still being angry at something. And uh, I don't judge them because it's not for me to judge them. It's none of my business. But I do recognize my own inner mental health and inner health and all that I've done in my life to get me where I am today. So I want you to, let's do something. Let me think about this second. Okay, we're gonna do something fun. I have to, I always have to turn it off, but you don't know. We're gonna do a future reading. I don't, I used to do future readings all the time. That was, people would come to me for readings and uh, I didn't really focus on past. There was some present, obviously. Something from the past came up, it had to be, it would just had to be acknowledged. And then mainly my readings were about future, where people were going. And I was talking, I can't remember who I was talking to recently where, um, uh, I think I do remember, but it doesn't matter, where the future is so unknown and I feel like a lot of people are going through that right now, right? We're in this very interesting time. Actually, I'm going to move the major arcana. No, I'm going to do minor arcana. No, I have to do major too. Okay, I'm just shuffling the cards. Um, 
we were talking about how the future is so unknown. And I was like, yeah, we, you know, that happened with 2020. And it's more about being able to take the really great steps now in your life um, to move forward. So we always have the opportunity to get conscious in the moment, to figure out why certain things are going the way they're going, even if they're going great. You know, you want to hold on to that. Or if you're worried about, oh, they're going great and the shoe's going to drop. Like you want to be aware of your emotions in the moment and the experiences you're having and the choices you made that brought you to that moment. And then you want to continue to dream and work towards the future and be in the moment and make great, really solid choices in the moment as you work towards the future. So I feel like I'm going to just do a future reading um for the group and we'll just see what happens because they're showing me my trees out the window i haven't done a channeled message in a long time i'm not going into a channeled message though and the the redwoods so i look at redwood trees a lot of them are redwoods and the redwood trees if you have not seen or been near a redwood tree which i never had until i came up here they are magnificent there's one there's a lot of hikes with redwood trees but there's one that's called um it's Bob's Redwoods or something. I can't remember. These trees, the trunks, and then some of them are hollowed out where you could stand inside them. And they're just so magnificent and so beautiful. And you do feel, thank you, that they are from another world. Like they are, they are beings from another planet or something. And the reason when I say thank you, sometimes spirit says something to me and I acknowledge it. And sometimes I bring it in and sometimes I don't. Usually if I'm doing a reading, I bring it in. So last night I was sitting out on my deck, my back deck, and it's been an interesting, you know, time. And I was looking at this one particular star. It looks like it could be a planet. I don't know, but it always calls to me. It's called to me ever since I've moved here. And I feel like it's the planet I'm from, you know? Now I wonder, so people are gonna be like, what? Some people are gonna be like, yeah, I totally know what you mean. Um, I feel like, so last night I was having this vision and this is like we're parallel time, so it could be a little bit confusing as I say this, but last night I was having a vision of this planet that I'm from. And I left there to come here to help elevate that planet, even though that planet is very elevated, extremely elevated. But I came here to have human experiences so that they could use it as data or it's whatever they're doing. But to them, it's a blip in time. Like I'm literally like, leaving my family, you know, going, Hey honey, I'll see you after, <laughs> after work. And I'm gone for like, you know, they don't have time over there. So I'm gone in a blip of a time, but here it's like long. And then when I go back to that planet, I'm like, why did you do that to me? So now whether that's a story I'm making up or not, does not matter to me. It was fun to go down that little road. I love, right. I'm getting ready to write more and more because I love stories and I love creating, but think about the idea of being from someplace else, right? Um, I, I don't, you know, I know my mother told me when my brother was young, he told her that he thought that we planet hopped when we died because death was something that we discussed in our families. Those were the times of wakes. Didn't matter what age you were, you were going to the wake and you were sitting in the, uh, I don't remember the first wake I went to. I feel like I do. And I was like, what the heck is that? I, I think it's such a, I remember one wake in particular and I went in all happy because I was going to a sleepover with my friend and it was her uncle who got killed. And um, 
it was on the corner of my like where I grew up, my block, like around the corner. And I remember going, I didn't know it was her uncle. And this car went through a store window. I can't believe I'm telling such atrocious stories. But I remember standing in the crowd because in those days you stood in the crowd and watched. And I remember seeing the feet. And then uh, it was scary and sad. And I went home and then my friend called me and I was like, oh my goodness, there was this accident around the corner. And this, and she's like, that was my uncle. And so then I went to the wake and I remember going in all happy and joyful because I was going to a sleepover. I didn't know I was a kid, but then I had the awareness later. And I said to my mother, oh, I shouldn't have went in there happy and joyful. And she's like, yeah, but she didn't make me feel bad about it. She just was teaching me something. So I don't know how we got onto wakes, but I guess, the, I guess what we're going to do right now, <laughs> should we just delete all of this? I don't think so. I'm going to let this one ride. Because you know what? Life is life, is life right? So like, I'm like thinking this is the first podcast where I'm bringing in these, these kinds of stories that are like not really stories you want to talk about, but it's life, right? So um, spirit wants me. So what did spirit say to me? So they were talking about the planet. So we're going to talk about the future. Maybe you don't. I think a lot of us have fear on the planet that we're on, on Earth doing things because we don't know where we go after. Or maybe you have a very peaceful experience about that. Um, and I actually do. I'm not, you know, I don't want to get into that conversation. So what I feel like we want to do is spirit is making me feel like, let's say to everybody, like whatever it is, it's beautiful. It's magnificent. It's lovely. It's incredible. It's peaceful. It's great. If you hold any kind of fear around that, just know that to be true. I believe it has to do with consciousness, which I have not yet gotten into sharing because I feel like it's levels of consciousness and, and uh, time or no time. Okay. So think about, I just went down the morbid rabbit hole. Let's go to a happy rabbit hole for a second. Think about the redwood trees. Think about something in your life that you saw or witnessed that was beautiful, magnificent. And it made you have an out-of-body experience in a way where you, you really felt like, wow, there's so much more to this planet than what we see. Can you think of something now? And if you have a difficulty thinking about something, I'm gonna get quiet for a second so we can do this real time together. I'm gonna share some moments that might help you to grab. So just think about something that an experience you had that was like really allowed you to believe in magic. It allowed you to believe in um, opportunities, manifestation, um, believe in yourself, your connection here, your connection to something so much bigger and greater than you can imagine. How did that moment inform your life? How did that moment inform your life? Now, like one of the moments was when I moved here and I was sitting in the park, which has got redwood trees. It's right in the middle of town. And I was like, oh my goodness, this is where I live now. Like I wanted nature and this is where I live now. I've never, like I was in the redwood trees. And then I was thinking about the time I danced with the butterfly when I was having a really difficult moment and I pet the butterfly and and it made me believe in magic. Um, thinking about the star that I connect with last night. 
um, you know, there's so many magical, and those are physical things, you know, that's not even, we're not even talking about um, the lights you see or the visions you have. Okay. Now what I want you to do, because you want to believe in magic, I want you to think about, I like working with things that we desire. I don't feel like there's anything wrong with that. So something that you really want to come to fruition that would bring a sense of peace to you. So that's the other part. Something you want to come to fruition that you feel would bring you peace. So let's do that in real time. How does it feel in your body? Do, are you able to see it? Like I have a clear vision of what it is so I could feel it right away in my heart chakra. Now the journey I'm gonna take you on now through the tarot cards and numbers 303 is um, gonna take you to that moment. It's gonna help you form that moment. It may not look like that moment exactly, but it's gonna help you get there. So the 303, threes are about mind, body, and soul, which to me is about wholeness. So whenever we're feeling um, fragmented, um, we may be working on wholeness and fragmented could feel like I'm, I'm not feeling balanced physically. I'm not feeling balanced, balanced energetically, I'm not feeling balanced spiritually, or it could be all of the above. Right? So when I think of, uh, threes, which is the Trinity for me, um, it's also mind, body, and soul. To me, that's when, like, I don't know that we ever get into a pure state of balance, but we are striving for balance in our lives. And there are definitely times when I'm feeling like I'm more in balance in those areas. And there's times when I feel like I'm out of balance in an area. So the three is informing you that there's something that has to be dialed up, spirit is saying. So there's something in your life, whether it's physical, emotional, spiritual, mental, creative, one of those areas, mind so minds would be mindset body would be physical um, they want me to bring it down to a notch spirit and mind body soul is spiritual soul which in those areas do you need to dial up and then the zero remember is the fool card we talked about last week if you haven't heard that that's about taking a risk so spirit's saying okay so we're just going to dial one of these things in and then we're going to take that risk which is going to bring you to the other three which is mind body soul and then that equals a six, which is all about community and friends. And really for me, the six is about, it's attracting light-minded people in. It's not like-minded, it's light-minded. When Spirit said to me, you know, you need to find light-minded people. Those are people that are in your vibrational field or not, but they support you. They feel good to be around. You feel good being around. They feel, they like you being around them. You know, we don't have to have the same kind of, trajectory or the same type of belief systems, but we have a respect for one another or we enjoy each other. So that's the 303. Okay. So let's see what card I'm going to pull. It's the page of wands. Okay. So pages are, so the tarot deck goes, um, ace to 10, and then the page comes right after a 10. So that could possibly be an 11 because I want to focus on numbers as well, but wands are about creativity. He's got the fool's feather in his cap. So that's about taking a risk. He's got Ouroboros on his tunic, which is about transformation. It's the salamander eating its tail. There's also the mountains in this card. So what this card usually says is there's something that you've done before that you need to bring back out into the open and start igniting it again and being with it again. Whether you end up doing that project completely, it could be something else, but you have to revisit it. 
you have to look at it. It's about creativity too, because spirits talking to me, of course, the wands are about creativity. And a page card, he is already gone through the cycle of the one to the 10. So he's already gone on a journey with tarot, with learning about himself, learning about his life. And then the 10 says the page, the 11, the page is saying, okay, now we're entering into a higher phase of this evolution. 11s to me, um, they're about new beginnings into partnerships, but a lot of times it's partnership in your soul. So it's whatever, it could be a partnership with a lover, but it's also a partnership with your soul. It's a reflection of partnership with your soul, partnership with your guide, partnership with your soul, partnership with a creative project, partnership with your soul. So there's a direct reflection. The 11 is looking at like a reflection, like a mirror. And what what is being mirrored back to you right now? And what do you want to pick up, Spirit says, and have it mirrored back to you? So what that would mean to me is, oh, I want to go touch a redwood tree. So that can mirror back to me my own beauty inside of me. I want to, um, because I had a specific thing in mind, I want to look at my vision book tonight because that's going to mirror back to me what it is I'm creating. So the page is asking that you re-explore a creative venture or something that you did that you need to bring back into the light, okay? You need to bring back out, whether you do that particular project or not. Then we're going into the Five of Swords. Fives are about transformation and change. So um, I used to love the number five, and then when I found out what the five meant, I was like, because. So many times I was like, at that point in my life when I learned with the five men, I was like, I'm done with the change. I'm done with the, stop already. Now I've learned to embrace it. But the card does have a stormy feel to it. So a lot of times our perceptions of change are about stormy changes. Oh no, the shoe's gonna drop, it's gonna get bad. When, when if we, Spirit is saying, if we focused on great change and started allowing ourselves to define change as something great that happened when you met your lover, when you graduated and got your diploma and that entered into a new life, when you got your first job, when you're, um, you had your first child, when you got your first paycheck, whatever it is, that's a change. They said, if we could attach it to something that is beautiful and magnificent and great, we'll carry that change out. Now, swords are about thoughts. So it's definitely a change in the way that you're thinking. Mindset is everything. If your mindset is not aligned with future possibilities and it's stuck in scarcity, fear, and anxiety, then you're gonna keep creating more of that in your life. Now, the, the interesting thing about this card is he's holding three swords. There's three guys in it and two of the swords are on the ground. And there's, some people will say he's a thief, he's stealing them. Other people will say that for me, when I look at this card, he's taking what's his and leaving the rest. He's finally empowered to move on. He's looking at the ocean, the sea, the destiny. Now, if you look at this card, you'd be like, oh, he looks a little sinister to me. Like, yeah, he's doing something nasty and cruel. And I, I have, you know, and a lot of times like in tarot, if, we, if I was doing a reading in tarot, I'd be like, okay, who are you in this card? Who, who what person jumps out of you in this card? And that informs a lot about the reading as well. But for me, I'm always focused on the guy in the front. He's looking back. He's like, you know what? I'm done with you guys. I'm going. I'm leaving this community. So if there's something in your life that is not resonating with you, it's a job. Don't leave your job tomorrow without a plan, please. Um, well, that's, that's an opinion for me. Um, maybe there's a community. You've been asking yourself, should I leave this community? Yeah. Looks card is saying, yeah, it's time for you to move on. It's time for you to take what you've learned and move on. So that's what I would say. Ooh, the devil card. Now, it's so funny. If you listened to me last week, I was thinking I was going to pull the devil card and I didn't. I pulled the uh, wheel of fortune. 
Um, so the devil card is nothing to be afraid of. Um, it's so funny. I have a student of mine. She's hilarious. She's like, why can't I take my eyes off this phallic area of the devil? <laughs> I just, we just had a lot of fun with that post. We were like, hey, I'm not going to say her name, although I think she would get a kick out of it. But it was so funny. She's like, I just can't stop looking at that area of the devil. I'm like, okay, well, his legs are open. The devil card is about, um, if you look at the two people, they have these chains around them. So it's number 15. So I'll read that number in a second, but I want to focus on the people. They can lift the chains off. So it's what in your life you feel chained into that's that's not true. I have to make this much money. I have to stay and uh, take care of this person. I have to do this. I have to do that. I have to do what my husband wants me to do or my wife wants me to do. So it's a, it's a belief that we have that is no longer serving us. And we've got to take the chains off in order to rediscover something else. And a lot of times the devil card represents material things. So it's usually in the material aspect. You're afraid to take a risk. You're afraid to use that savings. Um, you're afraid to take that $11 out and buy that numbers class, you know, whatever it may be. So um, for me, when I look at this, because they're naked, right? So I would say, what is keeping you from your vulnerability? What is keeping you chained into an idea, a mindset, a belief, that is keeping you from your vulnerability, maybe because it went awry last time or you somebody didn't support you or it's uncomfortable, whatever it may be. 15 is an interesting number because it's a one, which is new beginnings into the five transformation. We're seeing a little bit of a pattern here and it equals a six, which is community, which I started the whole reading with. Now I'm telling you, I'm just pulling these cards. You're Hopefully you're hearing me shuffle. So this would say to me that by, I'm going to pull one more card as a, a balancing act, but the page of wands, which is speaking about you're in a transformative place or you're leaving the transformation, revisit something that's creative, something that's going to make you feel creative. Um, take what you like, leave the rest, let your transform your thoughts, your mindset, believe that you can do it. And then when the devil shows up, don't, don't let him chain you in. Don't let that belief, I can't do this, or they said no to me, that's it, I can't have it. Don't be chained in by that. And that's going to lead to a new community. That's going to lead to new beginnings. That's going to lead to more change. That's going to lead to you not feeling chained into something you don't want to be chained into anymore. Oh, the chariot. Okay. Two major arcana cards. So the chariot is an interesting card. And this is going to be the balancing card for this whole future reading. He's leaving community. He still has a little bit of black and white thinking. So watch where you're thinking black and white. He is um, got the sphinx there, the black and white sphinx. He's a little bit stuck. The wheels of the chariot are a little bit stuck because he's second thinking, having second thoughts about leaving the community and heading out into the world. His heart chakra is open. His crown chakra is open. And he is, um, uh, that's what I'm going to say about him. There's a lot of star energy in this card as well. And he's got moons and stuff on him. So the moon card is usually about unconscious thoughts coming into consciousness. The star card for me is about, you know, creating, you know, believing in that star inside of you and making it happen. What I would say, this is the balancing card for everything, is Spirit is saying, stop sticking yourself. Stop being stuck. Stop thinking that you can't do the thing you want to do. Stop thinking you can't leave the situation. Even if you can't leave it tomorrow, there's always a solution. There's always a possibility. Allow yourself to explore the possibilities. Remember, nothing is black and white. There's usually a solution between the black and white area. Allow yourself to open up your heart. Be honest with your feelings about things. You don't have to share them with the world, but most importantly, share it with yourself. 
allow your crown chakra to be open and allow us to inspire you to move forward, to get going, do the creative project, change the way you're thinking about that creative project. Look at how you feel chained into certain material things. I didn't, I don't have this much money in retirement. I need to have this. I need to have that. Find the truth in all of that and then move forward, move forward with information, move forward with conviction, move forward with uh, awareness and consciousness and consciousness importantly, what they're saying is because that'll help you to move to the next destination. You're not going out blindly with your hands in front of your face going, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just tell me spirits like, no, just make a decision and go. Now he is a seven. And that's about psychic ability for me. Um, it shows up as five one one on the card because it's Roman uh, Roman numerals. So the five is about transformation. Uh, it equals a six, which is community, but it also is about new beginning because it's the first one. And then the second one is partnership. So it's transformation uh, through partnership with your soul is going to lead to new beginnings, which is going to open up your psychic ability even more and trust your intuition. I'm going to leave it at that. So that is the reading for today. So remember, hopefully you enjoyed that. Um, sorry if it got a little dark in some areas, but you know, I have a lot of stories and a lot of stories I'm still like not telling. And all those stories informed me and taught me so much and of who I am today, just like they, your stories have taught you. And uh, I don't want to, I want to have a balance of what life is, right? I, I'm, I'm really against sugarcoating, so I guess that's my new thing. Okay, hopefully you enjoyed that. Um, thank you so much. Rate, subscribe, share, and uh, yeah, and check out the numbers class. Go to marilynalauria.com forward slash numbers and get that amazing $11 class. And there is an opportunity to join us in membership to try it out for a dollar and you will love it. All right, thank you so much, guys. I'll talk to you soon. Bye.